Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Super Talk Eagle Hour back on the air. We're glad you're with us. Full crew is here, Bob, Kelly, and Luke. We're at the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We've got Mike Frazier from Junior College Weekly coming up on the show. Mike Hammett, who is the play-by-play voice for the University of Louisiana at Monroe. And a new name that you're going to hear a lot of, I think, in years to come. We're about to hear from Ethan Crawford, the uh, young freshman quarterback. Uh, Mike Frazier coming up. But, Luke, you're on a big call tonight, big important junior college game tonight. Somebody, unless Colin loses, one of these two teams uh, will not go to the postseason. And typically it's been Jones and Gulf Coast, um, you know, every year, one and two. And uh, Jack Wright's done a phenomenal job. In Parkinson, and of course, uh, Coach Buckley's been been tremendous at Jones. But yeah, somebody if if Colin doesn't win tonight, or if Colin wins tonight, which we expect them to, uh, one of these two teams isn't going is isn't uh, going on. So it'll be the battle for the South tonight, not just the South, the battle for um, playoffs. So yeah, be fun and, tonight. And you can hear that on our Laurel affiliate ninety nine point three, and also supertalklaurel dot com if you're in other parts of. Uh, of the state, Luke will be on the call, and uh, and why is that? Why 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 do we cover junior colleges? Because Bobby we Kelly? love junior college athletics, Luke. How about you? Yeah, it's it's great. It, it's really good to see uh, the future of college football, not just in our state. I mean, Jones has, and and it's just the same way. And Kelly's seen it at Pearl River and with Gulf Coast. So many guys that we see play in the Group of Five and Power Five come through these junior colleges. That's exactly right, and their their games are important. And uh, junior college athletics, very, very important to the state of Mississippi. You uh, you guys do a great job uh, with the broadcast of Jones. Proud to be associated with such a fine school. All right. Kelly, at practice earlier this week, we're going to be talking to the play-by-play voice of uh, Louisiana Monroe. Kelly interviewed Ethan Crawford real quickly, Kelly, so we have time for the interview. Is this maybe the quarterback of the future? Well, he'd like to think so, but I did pose the question, as well as he runs the ball, would he consider – being moved to running back if the coaches, you know, asked him down the road. Here's Ethan Crawford. All right, Ethan Crawford. Now everybody knows who you are, okay? Uh, take us through when you got the call that, okay, Ethan, you're being worked into this game plan. Um, first thing, we're definitely just excited, uh, just trying to prepare for the moment. Nothing really major that I wasn't really prepared for. Uh, after Coach Joseph, we just sat down, and uh, he let me know my role, and, we all talked about it. The first thing I had to do was call and let my mom know, just because uh, let her know that I'll be back doing what I've always been doing. And uh, 
I was very excited to let them know and uh, get that recited back home. So that was definitely a big moment for me and my family. But the fact that you ran the ball so well had Eagle fans going, hmm, could this guy, even though he was recruited as a quarterback and can spin it really well, could this guy be a potential running back? To which you say... When you got Frank Gore, you don't really need me as a running back. That, <laughs> for that the future, really, though. Yeah. For the future. Nah, I just, whatever, they, like I said, whatever they need me to do, that uh, they know I'm going to stand up and uh, fulfill the role and whatever they need me. Uh, but quarterback specifically is what I do. And uh, I feel like I'm just a leader on and off the field that I can do things that running backs don't do, that wide receivers don't have to do. So I just said, I just said, and uh, I live by different rules that quarterbacks live by and other players don't. How does a kid from Tuscaloosa get out from underneath the radar of that other school up there in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, you were injured, right, your yeah. junior year? I got injured my the last regular season game my senior year, which uh, really, really just halted all the records I think I could have set in uh, high school. But being locked in with colleges, when I when I first got connected with Southern Mission, talked to Coach Hall and the supporting staff and my head coach back home, they just really made it easier decision for me, really. Uh, not even worrying about where I was and what I was going to. It was just where I was then at the time. And I feel like Southern Miss and Coach Hall was the best fit for me. And uh, I'm still standing by that. Uh, they made me better and better each day I've been here. So I can't do nothing but thank them enough for making me the player that I am and that what I'm going to be. Have you been 100% this whole year, or have you slowly worked up to where you're just now 100%? Uh, just the way I think, I feel like I put in the work and the rehab, my, the people I've done rehab with along this journey just helped me be prepared. But me, me saying that uh, for the moment that I, I was ready, I was always ready, but it was definitely something that we had to work in over time just so I can learn more and understand the system more and just have more confidence in what I have to do on the in and out basis. Now, one of the things that Coach Hall and Coach Joseph and them are going to have to go through here is your redshirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can play four games. Um, we know you're going to play at least two yes, with, with three more left on the schedule. Yes, Do you have any thoughts about yay on the redshirt, nay on the redshirt, whatever? What are your thoughts? I definitely feel like it would be smart for me to keep it, just not waste it while, uh, while I do that. And um, But I feel like me being a young buck, my coaches are going to take care of me. They're going to they take the right steps for my future and for the team's future, honestly. So I'm not worried to worry about that. I know they'll take care of uh, whatever I, whatever they need me to do, I'm here for it. So. Now, Ethan Crawford, when you meet people, the first thing people see is that radiant smile, great teeth, and you said that there's a reason why you've got great teeth. Tell me. My dad is a stickler on their mouth, so uh, <laughs> our hygiene is now, number one. Yeah, but you didn't have braces. Those no. are natural. Yes, sir. All natural. <laughs> No, no payment. None, none of that. Your dad's gonna make sure yes, those sir. teeth are brushed and uh, taken care of. That's the first thing that people. First thing. Yeah. He literally walk, wherever we travel, he gonna have his toothbrush and toothpaste in his pocket. Like a fact. I'm hey, telling you, you, never get a second chance to make a first <laughs> yes, impression, right? Yes, sir. Definitely. So you have to feel good about uh, the way the way you and the team played uh, offensively last Saturday. I definitely feel like we uh, made some big improvements, and uh, we found a lot of stuff that we were good at that we already knew we were good at. We just weren't executing earlier on in the season. And I feel like Coach, Coach, uh, Coach Hodge really just made an emphasis on turning it, turning it around and getting on the road that week. And I feel like on the offensive side of the ball and as a team, we got on the roll and uh, picked each other up. We fought hard as a team. 
uh, everybody, we just we just got to execute more and build on what we what we learned from this Saturday. So yeah, Warhawks coming in here in just a day or two. Uh, without giving away any cards, uh, will we see another new wrinkle or so maybe this weekend? You will definitely see one three back in the end zone this week. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Ethan yes, Crawford, we wish you nothing but the best. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. All right, Ethan Crawford, uh, get comments from both of you guys. Uh, my first reaction, Kelly, does not sound like a kid that's less than a year removed from high school. Sounds very, very mature for his age. And and I'm telling you, every one of these guys, look, and they'll admit, and to reiterate what Frank Gore said, it hasn't gone, obviously, the way that the, – but you t- they love these coaches. And yeah. you hear all of them say, man, Coach Hall just made it easy for me to decide to go yeah. here. I love my decision. I thought you made a great point about him earlier this week, Luke, when you said uh, when he was in for those couple of plays – it changed the dimension of, of what the other team had to defend. So I think we're going to see more of Ethan Crawford. Yeah, I think we will too, and it'll be interesting to see how they play it. I mean, As he said, and we all figured because the Eagles have a really good chance to win this week, you'll see him back there, and then it just kind of picks on, you know, what game do you want him to get the most experience? I think there's a case to be made um, that, uh, if the Eagles were to win this week, that you try to get that momentum and you you win next week, or there's an opportunity to uh, to possibly get him, you know, uh, either one of these. He could play in a in a Thursday night national televised game uh, against Louisiana, or he could play in Starkville. Um, either way, I, I don't I don't I wouldn't think the Troy game um, would be where they would play him simply because if they could play the, the case to be made for for next week is you would have played him two weeks in a row he could he could have actually got mental reps about you know playing in back to back weeks so not, don't know what what's going to uh, what will happen with that i will tell you this at app state his uh, his entire family was sitting like right to the right of me and uh, man, when he came in, there was a buzz up there. We all said, "Crawford's in! Crawford's in!" And his family, they, everybody started pulling out their cell phones and videoing, and we kind of celebrated, you know, as a as a as a unit up there when when he scored. But you're talking about a guy when he was a junior, threw for 2,300 yards, 24 touchdowns, rushed for almost 900 yards, and 17 touchdowns. His recruiting profile. I mentioned this, I think, last week. Ten offers, Southern Miss, Austin P, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi State, Sanford, UAB, and Central Florida. And so uh, wow. the ACL injury actually, you know, I think it helped us hang on to him, that and his relationship with Coach Hall. And this is a guy that, that I think fits this system well, and it'll be fun to see what they, they decide to do with him Saturday. Is Ethan Crawford the quarterback of the future? Only time will tell. And you're right because they got some other good quarterbacks coming in you know, next next year. And, Bob, the way that he hesitated when I said, will we see some more wrinkles in the offense, I think you definitely will see some more new wrinkles against the Warhawks this weekend. Good interview with a youngster on the football team, Ethan Crawford. It's Junior College Thursday. We already talked about what Luke's going to be doing tonight. Mike Frazier joins us every Thursday. He'll tell us what all the other JUCO schools are doing tonight. Eagle Hour rolls along.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, did you know you hear the Eagle Hour podcast, Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. I was there this morning visiting with Miss Kathleen, and they are getting the store reorganized and ready for what shopping season do you figure, Kelly Sander? Uh, could it be Christmas? It could have something to do with Christmas. And uh, they're unloading tons of new merchandise. She's working round the clock to get everything ready. I told her that we would uh, come down at some point in December and do the show from down there. I think it'd be fun to be in the chaos of Campus Bookmark on December. And, and the tons of merchandise would just be two shirts that I could wear. She said you actually <laughs> paid for something in there the other day. Now, she's not supposed to be spreading that nasty you rumor. Can we something. <laughs> can we set up in the Kelly Center, like, size corner? Can we? That would be the backdrop. Yeah, we could do that. We could put the big shirts behind us. and Yeah, yeah they always want to charge extra. Just because extra I, material center. Uh, well, that's that. I'm going to file suit with the Biden administration and say that this is unfair. Bidenomics. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike Frazier has no idea what we're talking about, nor should he. But uh, Mike, if you're ever in Hattiesburg, you got to go to Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net. It is a great place with a wonderful, wonderful lady that runs it. But we we get you on the show to talk about junior college football. We were kidding off air. I was so shocked when. When I found out that Mississippi Delta had beaten Jones, and now Jones turns around tonight in a game we're broadcasting. Big, big game, right, Mike? Oh, monster game. Uh, you, you're looking at three teams now chasing two spots in that South Division. And, uh, yeah, Jones, Jones is going to have to win that football game. You know, I talked to Luke a couple of days ago, and uh, you know, they're just pretty banged up. You know, This time of year, a lot of teams are banged up. And it does matter. It's not an excuse. You know, I mean... <laughs> When you have key players out due to injury, that affects the bottom line. So uh, it's a it looks to be a tall order for Jones tonight, and that's just and that's just a shame for Steve Buckley because uh, he's one of the best recruiters in the country along with his staff. And to play in such a important game, a, a game that means so much, and not be able to go full throttle, you know that's just what you live for. Right? How banged um, up know, are so, they, Luke? How banged up will Jones be tonight? So um, we lost Omar Johnson a couple weeks ago, running back out of Columbia. Trent Howell's still dealing with uh, with an ankle sprain, and you know he, he played last week. And then uh, we have to see if Trent Davis, you know, can function 100 percent tonight. They lost a left tackle earlier in the season. Um, they they were missing some players on defense last week. They did get DJ Smith back, so the dynamic quarterback out of Greenville Christian's back. But I mean, it, it was it's a short week too because you played on Saturday against Delta, so it's a tall task tonight. Um, but you know these guys know that it's either win or go home. So Mike, how is how is the North shaping up, Mike? Well, the North it's uh, real clean and cut. Winner take all game tonight. Northeast visits Northwest. Uh, so Greg Davis and his Tigers head over to uh, take out Benji and the Rangers. Winner of that game gets the number two seed. East Mississippi will be the one. Uh, back in the South Division now, Cole Lynn really in the driver's seat because they win their in. If they lose, they can still get in with a Jones loss. So they're they're sitting in pretty good shape. They're going to Hines. Hines, just after seeing what they've done the last couple of weeks, looks like they're they're pretty much done for the year. Um, so I don't I don't anticipate much of an effort out of Hines tonight. But um, the, so that's pretty much the scenario. And as for Mississippi Gulf Coast, look, Jack Wright. Another guy that gets it done, and not only can he recruit, but he coaches. 
And, uh, you know, that was a really an impressive victory going back when they went on the road and won at East Mississippi. And when you break it down, guys, across the country, you know, Mississippi, uh, East Mississippi, Mississippi Gulf Coast, and Jones, to me, those are the three, those three programs probably played the toughest schedule in the country. Uh, Iowa Western is another one up there. But you look at the games that they played, and if you just run with me here for 30 seconds, in the North, if East Mississippi would run the table, finish 9-2 and two and win the conference, they would have played seven games of what I call against a level one grade A team. These are powerhouse NJCAA programs that are ranked in the top ten at somewhere along the line and have housed and harbored residency in the top ten for a long time. Then Jones, the same boat. Uh, Colin, the same boat. And then Mississippi Gulf Coast, look at their game. Six games that they will have played against just stud teams and look at their record. If they run the table uh, and win the conference championship, you know they'd be a one-loss team. So it really uh, is just a statement, again, just how deep and talented uh, these Mississippi programs are in a conference, particularly in a South Division, that is as cold-hearted and just dirty as, uh, as, as it is there with the likes of uh, Colin, Jones, Mississippi Gulf Coast, and then throw in a couple of teams like East Central who are wild cards that have talented Division One guys on and can bow up at any time and bite you. Mike Frazier, when you, when you look at uh, the problem that Jones has tonight with a lot of players being banged up and playing a game with this magnitude against Gulf Coast, w- wouldn't there be something to be said for playing the South and North Division games earlier embedded in the schedule? instead of waiting toward the end of the year when the chances of injuries go up? That's a great point. That's a fantastic point. You're absolutely right. I love to see Jones and Gulf Coast play in the month of September for that very reason. Don't cheat the conference on two, you know, generally speaking, big hitter programs every year. Let them go at each other at full throttle. And, and that is definitely it's a astute point by you, Kelly. And uh, that is something I would like to see. I want to see these guys bang on each other in September rather than on November 2nd. I don't believe I've ever heard those words. That's an astute point, Kelly. I don't think anyone has ever said that before, Kelly. Well, there's a first time for everything, I guess, Bob. What, what the old <laughs> thing about the blind you know, hog finds an acorn every once yeah. in a while? So, Mike, let me throw Boys, this out to you and Luke and Kelly, obviously. Why don't they expand the field in the playoffs? Why four teams only? Well, two reasons, I think. Luke, I'll jump in first if you don't mind. One, yeah. budgets, you know, it costs money to do that. Number two, you know, this is a violent sport, and these guys are banging on the body that much longer. And then I think thirdly, when you factor in, um, you know, the scheduling, you have to get all these games in by a certain date for that NJCAA playoff spot. So now you're left with either starting the season earlier or moving it and playing it uh, a little a little yeah. later on. But you won't be able to do that. So, um, look, I, I think it's perfect the way it is, uh, the way they have the nine-game system. And uh, I personally think, guys, honestly, what, what the best move is for the conference, and Luke, being that you covered Jones, I'd love to get your input on this. But really, I think they should eliminate the first round of the playoffs. Just take a South champ, North champ, and play for the conference. It'll help them uh, better. Uh, it'll give them a better position on the national stage for one of those four spots. Yeah, it, it will. That's a great point because what happens is there's argument to be made that 
there's there's better overall teams in Mississippi. There, there may be the best team in Kansas or the best team in, in Iowa or Texas, but you basically have uh, two teams that would compete against those that get left at the house. If you lose two, if you because because with with Northwest Jones Gulf Coast and uh, Colin this year and uh, and and Scuba, you win two, you lose two games like you'll take that. But the problem is it gets into this. Like what we're seeing with like Caleb Williams at Southern Cal, stuff like that. You lose two games, nobody's thinking about it. So nobody thinks about a state championship because they've been eliminated from a national perspective. Our our people aren't thinking that, but that's where it's headed. To, to I'll actually go to the other end of the perspective. I think that if they went to an eight game and they eliminated one northern opponent, then they could finish a week earlier. The champions from each division could get a bye. And then you would have you would allow two more teams to get in the overall. Yeah, that would that that would be the way to go as well because that one game, because of the reputation Mississippi has nationally, it's not going to affect them on the national scene. So, Mike, do you other games tonight? You mentioned Northwest and Northeast. You mentioned Jones Gulf Coast. What's the rest of the schedule look like? Quickly. Yeah, you got Holmes. Uh, that's an intriguing game. Holmes at Southwest. Uh, uh, you know, those are two programs that are, you know, middle of the tier pack. Uh, Southwest, a lot of injuries, so who knows what happens there. Uh, I think that's a 50-50 game. You know, Colwyn and Hines is another one. Uh, obviously has playoff implications. And, um, you know, you look at Glenn Davis, man. I, I just, that's a guy, that's just a guy that I root for personally. I mean, he's a good guy. He's been through some tough times with his health, you know, and been in this league 20 years and just always finds a way you know, he might have a five and four or four or five year, but he seems to just bounce back. So that's a guy I like to see going right into hindsight and, and really get a victory. That guy has been th- that program has been through the Lions then, man. I mean, look who they took down, guys. Gulf Coast, bam, W. East Mississippi, they win that one. You know, so, you know, you look at that one tonight and you're like, okay, here comes Hines, but look out. You know, in this league, you just never know, especially I'm- with Juco kids. Hey, Mike, do you think that Buddy Stevens sits Ty Keyes tonight against against Delta? Do I think he what? Do you think he'll sit Ty Keyes tonight? He won't play or treat it, you know, a couple series and then move on? That's it, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's he's big about getting guys in and getting them filmed. So, yeah, this is, uh, you know, he'll get, Ty will get the start. But once they start, you know, getting down the stretch, I think he'll sit them. And uh, East Mississippi is in good shape, guys, you know, 6-2. A two-loss team for the MACCC should be able to get in to that tournament. The wild card is Snow. You know, Snow's going to be a 9-2 team, and you see that the league, the NJCAA, moved them up to number four. So, you know, we'll talk next week about that. But, look, the MACCC deserves a team in that national uh, four-teamer, but with Snow sitting at four, Texas or Mississippi is going to probably get bumped. All right, Mike, always great stuff, man. We appreciate it. Mike Frazier, JUCO Weekly on the Super Talk Eagle Hour every Thursday. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, our thanks uh, to Mike Frazier, Juco Weekly. Man, this, that guy knows junior college sports. 
Yeah, he's he's the Mel Kuyper of junior college, uh, all, and not just football. It's it's all of it. Uh, yeah, basketball, no baseball. No question. Will East uh, will be with us tomorrow, along with Patrick McGee, and we're gonna have a, 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 a you know great show. Hope you'll join us. This one continues with Mike Hammett. He's the play-by-play voice for the University of Louisiana at Monroe. The opponent coming in, the Warhawks, uh, this weekend. Mike, uh, two and six against one and seven. Both teams looking for their initial conference uh, victory of the year. Say what you want to about the records, but what I expect to see are, are two hungry teams really getting after it because neither team wants to face another loss. Fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think this is uh, the game that kind of sets the tone for this last month of the season. And, you know, I've been around the game long enough. I know college kids especially are resilient. They don't really care what the record is, even though both teams, uh, the bowl game's out of the picture at this point. I know ULM still could get to six, but Ole Miss is on the schedule yet for the Warhawks. So, uh, you know, barring something monumental in a couple of weeks up in Oxford that uh, it, it, you're just not going to get there. So, uh, hey, Mike, I think can, can, we just, these... can we stop you there for just a second and just yeah. tell us how amazing it is that you actually get to play Ole Miss in football? Um, we we haven't had that experience since 1984. Just wanted to make that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this is our second trip since I've been here. I came here in 2018. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll we'll take some notes. We'll put in a good word for you while we're up there in a couple so, of weeks. But so uh, they'll schedule yeah. games with Louisiana Monroe. But we'll right. not schedule a game with a Division One school right here in Mississippi. Unbelievable. Uh, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. Now, hey, we've got the same thing. We do get to play LSU every now and then, but probably not as often as we'd like to. And and we've got a we've got a group of five school just down the road, thirty miles from us, that uh, doesn't like to play us every year like they should either. So uh, you know, we, we know those struggles too. So. Uh, but hey, it is what it is, and uh, we're looking forward to Saturday. I think I think you're going to see a well played game because I mean, there's been so many one possession games played by both of these teams this year. You know, I'd be stunned if it's not another one of those types of games Saturday. And you know, somebody is finally going to f- do the right things to win one of these one possession games coming up. Saturday. Mike, I I was watching your guys' game Saturday night. You guys should have beaten Arkansas State. You really should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, three touchdowns called back on penalties. Yeah, uh, that, that kills it. And uh, won a block in the back on a on a seventy six seventy six yard punt return, I believe. And then the other being a, a hole or a, an ineligible man downfield. That's what that one was on a bomb on a thirty three yard touchdown pass. And then uh, twelve men on the field on a blocked punt. I mean, mm. it sure helps to have an extra man to block a punt. That's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. They they were all over that. I saw the 12 out there before the play started. So uh, it's uncharacteristic of Terry Bowden's squads. Uh, ULM has typically been among not only the Sun Belt leaders, but national leaders in fewest penalties since Coach Bowden arrived. And uh, now nine penalties in each of the last two games. And they were costly Saturday against Arkansas State. Three other drives that resulted in only field goals and not touchdowns. And I felt like for the third straight year, ULM had a better team than Arkansas State, and the Warhawks just cannot beat the Red Wolves. That's now 14 straight times that A-State has beaten ULM. So whatever it is, whatever mental block that is, it was still there Saturday and unfortunately come up short once again. Mike, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the quarterback change. Um, Blake Murphy has thrown for 300 yards or, or more the last two games, and, and he's a freshman, and he's a guy that, that the Eagles will see Saturday. 
Yeah, he's really provided a spark. He's a guy, of course, Matt Kubik was uh, down there in Hattiesburg for a year back in the 2020, and he's back here at ULM again. And uh, he compared him to a young Caleb Evans, which uh, you know, that's who Coach Kubik coached before when he was here at ULM. And Caleb Evans was one of the best quarterbacks in the Sun Belt, but didn't get a lot of recognition beyond that just because the defense at the time was so poor that they didn't win enough games to go bowling. But they sure scored a lot of points and put up a lot of yards back then. And so uh, it's high praise from him to call him a young Caleb Evans. But uh, he's he hasn't shown the dual threat yet because it's been a lot of passing situations for Blake since they put him in. But he's the only two 300-yard passing performances for ULM. He's really given the passing game a spark. Uh, he's found Bugs Mortimer, who's broken out the last two weeks uh, with uh, some great uh, performances in the open field and really, uh, I think, has given this offense a boost. The problem is he is also a true freshman, so he still does yeah. some true freshman things every now and then. But uh, I think he's he's the guy of the future at ULM, of course, provided the era we're in that they can hang on to yeah. him as well. Yeah, and, and on the rushing attack, Hunter Smith leads uh, with rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns with three, but there is a Hattiesburg connection who mm-hmm. is the leading rusher for the Warhawks this year. That's right. Isaiah Woolard uh, gets to come back home this week and uh, play down there in Hattiesburg, and so I'm sure he's excited and fired up, and, and he's had a great year transferring in from Ole Miss. Uh, he has 74% of his yards this year have come after contact. He's just been He has been so strong and so tough on the ground for ULM this year. So uh, I'm sure he'll be ready to go to play the Golden Eagles and play one more game back home on Saturday. All right, Mike, here in Hattiesburg, I think it's fair to say the atmosphere is kind of funky. Uh, fan base is not very happy. What's it like over in Monroe? You know, it's this time of year. Unfortunately, you get to the hunting season and all that, and so it's hard to get people to come to the games. But, um, you know, I think I think people are starting to get a little restless with what's going on. Uh, you know, to beat Army in the season opener gave people a lot of hope that, uh, you know, as good as Army has been in recent years, that you thought this would be the year you could finally get to six wins. You got that key non-conference win and just have had so many close losses to App State, to Texas State, uh, even Georgia Southern. Uh, that game to, to rally back and have the football with a chance to tie or take the lead, you come up short, but they turned it over four times. They've had ten turnovers all season, and four of them were that afternoon in Statesboro. So, um, you know, it's it's close, and I, I think there needs to be a little more patience, but I think the fan base also knows, too, that uh, it's year three. You were hoping by year three that this would be pushing closer to six wins, and at this point it may be dropping back a little bit because you're at two wins. But I, I feel like this is a better team than the last two years. It just it hasn't shown up in wins and losses. Deja vu. <laughs> All over again. I mean, that's just what we've been hearing now for weeks, weeks, weeks. Kelly? Jaya Wright was going to be the starter going in, met him at, at media day. Was that kind of an experience, or was he a solid starter going into the fall? And why did that not work out, do you think, Mike? Well, and he was a six-year guy, and he had never had a starting job outside of three games at Fort Scott Community College in Kansas a few years back uh, during the COVID season in 2020, played in the spring of 2021 back there, and uh, eventually got on here at ULM. And he's a great kid. He had been in the system for a couple of years. They really felt like he was going to be the guy to take over, and it just didn't work out. I don't know if it was, you know, against Army, he just seemed kind of jittery out on the field and and not real sure of himself. And Hunter Herring came off the bench in the fourth quarter and led the comeback to beat them and then led the Warhawks in the win over uh, Lamar the next week, but then injured his collarbone and, and has been out ever since. So then they went back to Jaya Wright. 
Uh, had an issue at Texas State trying to hold on to that lead. ULM lost the lead. He had the ball. Warhawks had the ball late. The Hail Mary play at the end of the game just didn't let it fly and kind of took off and ran with it instead. And I think kind of sealed it a little bit as far as he just wasn't decisive enough as a quarterback. And so they made the decision to go to the freshman. And, you know, he's a great kid. And I feel for Jaya because he hung in this program one more year to get his starting spot. And it just it didn't work out for him this year well it is remarkable really remarkable at how Monroe and Southern Miss have almost identical seasons this year almost down to you know the way that both teams lost to Arkansas State when they shouldn't have I mean you just go down every single game they've played it's been almost identical with unfortunately the results for both teams also being nearly identical yeah, it's it's crazy, and and even Arkansas State was kind of in that same boat going into last week's game too. Of course, they had that win over Southern Miss and Jonesboro, but they played a lot of one possession games that uh, hadn't gone their way, and then they finally get one last week. So somebody's going to get one Saturday. I don't know whether it's going to be ULM or Southern Miss. Kind of depends on you know what team shows up to play for both sides, and uh, we'll see. But uh, hopefully. Whoever wins, it jumpstarts something here in this final right. month because it can certainly be a springboard moving forward for sure. Cannot end in a tie, correct? There's there's no circumstances. <laughs> correct. Okay. Right. Mike, Mike, back to your point, though, about a minute left here. I think yeah. it speaks of the parity this year in the conference. I mean, yeah, yeah you've got neither, either one of our teams having a conference game, but all the, somebody was going to lose all those close games anyway. Right. I think you look at this conference, I think JMU has really separated themselves out on the east for the most part. and But then everybody else is just, it seems so even. And even South Alabama, I mean, Southern Miss and ULM both got the Oklahoma State version of South Alabama. And, uh, you know, it seems like the Cajuns last week, they're improving for sure. But they may have got the Central Michigan version of, the, of South Alabama last week. So they've been up and down. And you know, everybody else has just been kind of the same level, it seems like. But great parity. There's going to be a lot of teams right there of bowl eligibility, and it's going to be interesting to see who goes where and if somebody gets left out, too. All right, Mike, always a pleasure to have you on the show. We appreciate uh, your willingness to come on whenever we're going to square up against the Warhawks and look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds great. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Mike Hammett, play-by-play voice of the Monroe Warhawks, University of Louisiana at Monroe, the Warhawks. Used to be the Indians 100 years ago and when they were in northeastern Louisiana. Back when you could call teams. How in the world is, is Indians offensive to anybody? I don't know. Subject for another segment. I'm sure Luke will have all the news around campus, other sports next. Hang on. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Mike Hammett of the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe joining us. Kickoff 3 o'clock now in the Rock on Saturday. That game, of course, also on ESPN+. Plus. We should have asked Mike about our buddy Ben Milam. Make sure he's getting some you know, casserole dish as he moves over there to Monroe. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, good stuff, and Mike's a good dude. Appreciate him. All right, Lady Eagles open the season officially last night. They defeat Mississippi College 96-44. to 
in an exhibition win. Five Lady Eagles, I'm sorry, four Lady Eagles in double digits, including Dom Davis with 14, Jacora Bracey with 16. This is good stuff, y'all. Brickayla Gray back on the court, and she's a girl that they won the conference with without last year, right? Right. And uh, she's back. She scored 11. And then Bob, freshman sensation, 16 points. Right. Uh, uh, Her name is uh, Morgan Seifer. Interviewed her this week. We'll try to get that interview on in the next day or two from Tampa, Florida. Pretty impressive, Luke. You're a true freshman out of high school, and you put up those kind of points the first time you're on the floor. She started last night with Bracey, Dom, uh, Gray, and uh, and Malia Grayson. So congratulations uh, to Coach McNellis' Lady Eagles, and I know that they wanted to get that win for her. Of course, uh, we told you know she's in the middle of chemo right now, and and that's – just uh, as they continue to battle for her. Monday, the Lady Eagles will take the court again. Uh, we'll be in Reed Green, and they will just be wrapping up when we uh, go on air. Uh, they play at 11. Volleyball tonight at home. Big game against the Lady Cajuns from Louisiana. Kelly, I think you're going to that one. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun tonight. And they've been getting you know nice crowds there at the, uh, at the volleyball complex. So hopefully it'll be uh, raucous. Uh, there as they kind of begin to wind down the volleyball season. It seemed like just yesterday they were getting started, and here they are toward the end. Tonight at 6 o'clock, tomorrow at um, 6 o'clock as well. And it, this is this is real crucial. If they can if they can beat Louisiana twice, they can get back to 500 and start you know working on that seating for the conference tournament. All right, Mike mentioned something real intriguing, and, and uh, we'll get to it in just a moment. But we got to do a pick first. Tonight, Crucial game in the West, South Alabama at 4-4 four and four at Troy. Um, for some reason now, guys, the line is back up to 5.5. It was 3.5 when I sent it to you a little while ago. But now it's back up to 5.5. Of course, we're not picking against that. But got to make a pick. Bob and Kelly, who you got? Well, what's Troy's record? 6-2, and 3-1 and one in the conference. And the game is at Troy. Go ahead, Kelly. Uh, Troy has made a believer out of me. I just, I just did not think that they were going to be able to repeat what they did with uh, the players. John Summerall, that guy's going to be on everybody's list for a coach in the Power Five. You know, Arkansas maybe making a change. We'll see if his name pops up on that list. I'm convinced that the that Troy is really good. I'll take Troy. Yeah, and uh, South Al is so up and down. Right, you just don't know what team's going to show up. I- I'm going with the Trojans. Yeah, I'll go with Troy, too, and like you said, will it be the Central Michigan or the Oklahoma State version of uh, of South Alabama? The fact is that Troy and the fact that they have won their last five, real impressive on the road at Texas State, 131-13. I think that kind of uh, – and, you know, what, a month ago they beat Georgia State at Georgia State. They've been road warriors, and uh, like you said, South Alabama's lost three out of the last five. All right, Mike mentioned it, that there's a possibility – that somebody somebody's going to get left out because when we look at the Sun Belt standings going into the weekend, James Madison eight and zero, but five and zero in the conference. Um, in the East, there is not a team with a losing record. Georgia Southern six and two in the conference. Georgia State six and two. Coastal five and three. Old Dominion, App State, and Marshall all four and four. The West, apart from ULM and the Eagles. Everybody else is at 500 or better. Archie State, South Alabama, four and four. Texas State, Louisiana, five and three. Troy, six and two. You you may have a seven win team that doesn't go bowling out of the Sun Belt. Well, James Madison now, irregardless, is out. Correct. They're not going to a bowl game. Is that right? So that makes eleven that could possibly. 
There's going to be some beating up here down the stretch, obviously, but. And there, I mean, and there will be teams trending in different directions. Like Marshall is trending downwards. You know, they, they started out strongly but have not played well lately. I would, I would argue that South Al is trending downwards. You know, uh, some other teams are trending upwards, like Troy. It's interesting to me how Mike uh, Hammett was talking about all these other teams, you know, potentially winning the conference, but never mentioned Troy. I think that's kind of been a microcosm of their entire season. They have done all this winning under the radar. Nobody even mentions Troy. But yet you look at them, and there they are, potentially going to win the West. I think part of it was they lost two in a row. They but, I mean, you go back, and they got blown out at Kansas State. That's the top 15 team. They lost by two to James Madison. Yeah, they're good. So, you know, they, they could easily be 7-1 and one right now. But regardless, I think it's pretty impressive that the East does not have a team with an overall losing record. Very impressive. Mm, yeah. Conference is good, you know. Hopefully the Golden Eagles can catch up and become a part of that race next year. But uh, and, and we talked yeah. about at Basketball Media Day that the coaches expect that to be the same way. That's problematic, though, when you're trying to get more than one bid to the NCAA tournament when yeah. everybody beats each other up. Nobody's going to have a terrific, you know, sensational record. We will be at Reed Green Monday for the uh, William Carey Day men and women's games uh, on Monday. Tomorrow, Will East uh, will be here to talk about high school football. That's sure winding down. Playoff games already there's, started. There's three games in Jones County tonight. Big one. West Jones yeah. at Hattiesburg tonight that will determine a, a region championship. We'll talk yeah. more about that tomorrow. Man, a, lot, a lot of good stuff. So uh, get out and enjoy it tonight. The weather's perfect. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Hope you will. We always want to say thank you for listening to the show. Southern Miss. To the, to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.